You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Deborah King, one of the elder care coordinators at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today, we are talking about UTIs, or urinary tract infections, and how they can severely impact seniors. Joining us for the discussion is registered nurse with Aviana Home Care, Howard Goodman. Welcome, Howard. Hello, everybody, and thank you for asking me to come on today. Great. Well, the first question is, what is a UTI? Well, a UTI, that's kind of just a, we're going to take a basic uh, definition of it. Um, Most of what I'm going to talk about today can be referenced um, off of uh, just a few sites, and I have some of that stuff that I can post later on. But a UTI is an inflammatory um, or, an, or sorry, an, inf- an infection in any part of the urinary tract system, predominantly kidneys, bladder, and urethra. Uh, they're most common in women due to the close proximity of the urethra and your anal areas. Um, most kidneys infect or most urinary infections do start in the bladder and then they can lead up into the kidney areas. But typically, that is what a, a UTI is by definition. It's just simply an infection in your urinary tracts. So what causes a UTI? That uh, There are some different debates out there on lots of different things, but bacteria is the common cause of all UTIs, E. coli being the chief cause of infection, um, and probably up, well up above 90%. There are a lot of things that can lead to this. Um, in the elderly, for, some, for instance, weak bladder floors due to aging, um, retention of the urine, not being able to um, push out, and then keeping that urine behind will lead to bacteria growth inside the bladder area. Um, I would still say, though, from what I could gather, bacteria is always going to be our cause. So um, you got to keep clean down there, that's for sure. A lot of people think it's due to not drinking enough water. That would be more along one of those things. That's funny. So when I was looking at some of the things on prevention, how to prevent UTIs, water and hydration was one of them. But that Uh was back to kind of what we were just discussing with the bladder itself, the bladder floor and retention. So the reason why not drinking enough water is if you drink more water, then you're going to go more often, which means you're flushing out that that container, your bladder, a little bit more and keeping the bacteria down. That's usually why people think that not drinking enough is the cause or can lead to it, just because of the simple fact we don't go as much. Mm, That makes sense. So what are the symptoms that we usually see in seniors? Seniors, well, first off, we can take a little step back. When we are looking at UTIs in general, there is sometimes only 
a few symptoms that are ever really reported. And these can be things that you everyone is probably aware of, which is pain when you're going to the bathroom, going to the bathroom more often, and odor. So typically those are the main things that are reported. As we get into the infection and into seniors, we start to look at things like falls, confusion, dizziness, and agitation as probably the most common symptoms with agitation and changes in their demeanor as being one of the chief things in our elderly patients. Again, you could have no symptoms at all until this infection has gotten worse and you develop a fever, which is usually a cardinal sign that this infection has gone out of the bladder. Um, but if just wanted to recap again with the elderly, it's probably changes in their demeanor or how they're acting, agitation, things like that. Mama's being a little more confused. Those would be some of the signs we would look for in falls. So that's why a lot of times when they go to the emergency room, the first thing they do is a urine. Yes, especially if there was a fall involved or the complaint is she's not acting right. Yet most definitely the first thing we want to do. And, and in those situations, it's always best that it is done in a place where we can get the cleanest um, and most accurate test. And cathing usually in our elderly is what's needed in order to mm. get. Okay. So how do you treat a urinary tract infection? Well, catching it, that's for sure. First thing we got to do, we definitely got to know that we have one. Then treatment's usually going to be antibiotics. Um, that is probably, I would say, the first the first front of what we want to do is we want to go ahead and we want to figure out what we got growing in us. So we want to make sure of what bacteria we got. And then our treatment's almost always going to be antibiotics with things like macrobid, which is something you'll see a lot in your nursing homes and just out of your doctor's office. It is a very common, um, simple bacteria. Uh, the bacteria responds very well to this antibiotic. It's a very older antibiotic as far as its usage. It's well tested in the, in the elderly, and it's probably the first line of antibiotics, followed by things like Bactrim and K-Flex, depending on now you're talking about whether or not you've grown something and it's more sensitive to um, certain types of antibiotics. For us non-medical people, what do you mean by grown something? Okay, well then that kind of goes back to when we used, when we jumped up to treatments, we always kind of want to make sure that we can figure out what it is. And so we got to do some testing. And usually what we'll do is we'll run a urinary test and we collect your urine various ways. Usually it's a clean catch where you've gone to the bathroom and we've taken the urine and brought it into the lab. And then they'll run a preliminary test for you, which always tells the doctor if we have bacteria and if it's present. And that helps the doctor to determine if we are dealing with a urinary infection. And then they'll grow that in a lab for about three days to try to determine what that bacteria is because the first readings are always the presence of bacteria and how much might be in the sample. After three days, we know the type of bacteria, the sensitivity 
to the various antibiotics, and the doctor is able to then move the treatment more directed at that organism. So you may see when you're talking about UTIs that we go in, we go to the UTI, we take mama in there, we get that first initial cath and test, and then the doctor will pick the broader spectrum of possibly microbid and starter on something while we wait for that to go ahead and grow. And then we try to treat more specific if it turns out that what's grown is not as sensitive to the microbid or the Bactrim, which is the two that I most commonly do see in the fields. Um, other than that, we we would have to have to definitely say that when you're treating a UTI, you do have to make sure that you don't wait too long. If there is some course of treatments with doctors, and this goes back to your question about elderly. Mm -hmm. I always to start a broad spectrum antibiotic on an elderly patient with frequent UTIs because we don't know what really it's sensitive to. And you could inadvertently be giving them an antibiotic that then will become resistant to. So a doctor will occasionally wait the three days initially before starting treatment in our elderly to make sure that we are doing the best for the patient. Okay. So what happens if it doesn't get treated? How serious can a urinary infection be? Then it goes usually out of our urinary tract area and out of our bladder and starts to kind of go up. And it really has no other place to go but the kidneys. And it is unfortunately at this point is when you start to see some of those things we talked about early and earlier about symptoms, you start to see the more, I guess you could say, warning signs that this is going to be a bad problem for your patient. You're going to start to see temperature changes, fever, and the body is going to start to show signs of what we call septic or septicemia as this infection starts to worsen, getting into the kidneys and then into the bloodstream. And if left untreated, unfortunately, it can cause acute renal failure and even death. So that's pretty serious. So we do want to catch it early, looking for those signs of if, they, if you're not checking the urine for odor or knowing how frequently they're going, then falls, confusion, dizziness, and agitation. You want to get that checked out right away. Yeah, I always say in our elderly patients, if you, if you know your patient, if it's your family member, and they are not acting right, and you've looked at other things like medication changes in the homes, and you're mm -hmm. not seeing those, and you, don't, you can't pick anything else that's changed immediately, um, you always want to start thinking about a urinary infection, yes. Mm -hmm. That made me think of something else um, as a cause of it. If you're incontinent and you wear the Depends or the briefs, um, does that contribute to a urinary in infection? It does, actually. Um, when you look at the ways to prevent UTIs and you start to kind of get into that, it goes on just with what, what we talked about um, throughout this whole thing. Being hydrated, changing your, your underwear, good cotton underwear, and this instance is with briefs, the frequency of changing and getting them out of those incontinent briefs is going to contribute to whether or not we're going to prevent infections 
or contribute to infections. So definitely good hygiene down there is probably, uh, I would say, one of the leading factors, especially in incontinency as for females. Not so Mm -hmm. much for males, but definitely for females. And I guess to be a little graphic, when you wipe, you want to wipe from front to back, right? Yes, and, and, and I will also say that you just, when you are wiping, there are, unfortunately, when our elderly patients, you're starting to get to a point where the body mechanics don't always allow for really good wiping like we would like to. And it, it's a little bit out there. I have seen this, the statistics with it, and I've seen it in the field. But there is a good reason to look at some of your, they sit in the toilets, I've even seen, uh, bidets, basically, and actually washing yourself and rinsing yourself with a bidet with the water is probably one of the best ways to prevent a lot of that um, from happening because it just cleans you better down there. How about that? How about that? And you can buy not the whole toilet to have to sit there. We don't need to go out and start installing new toilets for people. But there are stuff that you can get online that actually sit in there for mom um, or dad where they can just go in and sit and spritz themselves on the same toilet. So I've, I've seen people. those attachments online. Yeah. Good for people that are living maybe alone that are still have the ability to move to and from themselves with not a lot of help, moving things around, where that could be easily set up for them to use. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk to mom especially, but dad too, and make sure that we remind them to drink their water. Water is best. Maybe some cranberry juice, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then to Get up and toilet every few hours, whether they need to or not, right? Exactly. So when we look back on prevention, this is what I, I kind of honed in on. Number one is um, good hygiene. So the wiping the front to back, changing anything that's incontinent frequently, not sitting in it, um, staying hydrated, cranberry juices, because they add, they add more of an acidic area to the bladder which has been, and they have some antibiotic um, compounds in them. Ginger. I noticed when I looked through this, there's a lot out there. There's a new study in 2017 that there is a lot of good, I guess you could just say, antibiotic compounds in the ginger itself, in the ginger roots that wow. are to be added. Probiotics, vitamin C. Um, and the last thing we didn't touch on, and in this case, it still can be a factor in life, uh, good sexual practices also. So for a lady, that would also mean some type of feminine hygiene after sex would be most definitely in need, especially again, as we age, bacteria is changing our body, the probiotics, especially for females, adding a probiotic as you get older helps you because down there, you do carry a lot of organisms. The probiotics help to br- bring back that the good antibi- um, probiotics in your body to help you fight those things down there. So these are just some of the things you, we can do to try to help us from preventing. 
That that's just interesting. So hydrating not just with water and cranberry juice, finding a ginger additive, especially the ginger root. I'm gonna start drinking ginger in all my juices. <laughs> Taking my probiotics every day along with my vitamin C and just making sure I clean myself regularly and do the best I can to empty my bladder if it means more frequent. Awesome. Overall, this is the last thing that I would say. I strongly recommend. I've been doing home health now for 15 years, and I've been a nurse for a little longer than that. And I will say that when we start to see frequent UTIs, where you're getting three or more in a year, I strongly suggest that you're working with a urologist at some point if you're elderly over the age of 75, only because at this point you really do want to consider having a special specialty um, focus in on that area of your life because there's just more involved than maybe your primary care doctor might be aware of and be able to assist you at that point if you're having several UTIs a year. That's very good advice to get a specialist when you need it. Okay. Well, we thank you for your information today, Howard, and uh, appreciate all that you do for the people out there and being on one of the frontline workers. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Take Us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.